and welcome to Let's Talk Diz, a show that gives you everything you need to know to help make your Disney vacation as magical as can be in just about 20 minutes. I'm your host, Jeff Goviello. With me each week is Disney Master Sandy from Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services. Sandy, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing I'm doing very well. Uh, and tonight is, is a fun topic for us to discuss. We've been doing this show for, you know, about two and a half years at this point, and so we've gotten a lot of questions from a lot of different people, myself, just as somebody who hosts and is passionate about Disney, you, I know you get a million questions from clients and from friends. And so we thought we would try to distill it into just really some top tips that you can have when you're going on a Disney vacation. Some of it will be very generic. Some of it will be very specific. Some of it will be all in between. We can't possibly encapsulate everything, but tonight we're going to give you some top tips. Sandy, are you ready? I'm ready, and I think the most important thing our tips are going to do is make you think a little bit more on the topic we talked about and really flush out what you think. Well, and here's the thing, too. it's Everything is constantly changing. You know, Walt Disney always said that the parks will never be complete. They'll constantly be changing. So the these different tips that we've had five years ago are not necessarily the same tips we'll have today. So if you were somebody that was traveling there often, just be aware of that, too. But where do you want to start, Sandy? I, I think I think this is the, probably the question you have to get asked constantly as a travel specialist. Where do I start? How do I begin? What do I need to know? You know, those types of things. Where would you like to start? I always say start with setting realistic expectations. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Wow, I wasn't ready for that big laugh. Well, because because <laughs> maybe it's because I put that word realistic in there. You know why, honestly, and this is something you face constantly, is I believe that so many of the conversations that I have about people's expectations are they want to just get so many things accomplished. And so they feel like they have to cram so many things into a vacation when sometimes if you had taken a few of those things out, you know, maybe your traveling party travels a little bit more smoothly. <laughs> is, that, is that a good way of saying it? I don't know. That is very true. And I say to people, you know, I'm obviously in Walt Disney World 10, 12, 15 times a year. And there are still things that I haven't done. Right. So in setting your expectations, get it out of your head that you're going to do it all. Set the expectations around you. When you and your spouse, partner, colleague, whoever is going together decide you're going, figure out what you're willing to do or not do. Are you okay when you start to talk about the trip and let it slip to grandma and grandpa or your sister or your brother? Are you okay with others joining you? It can be extra magical. It can be extra challenging. You know, getting around as a family of three, four, or five is different than getting around as a family of 12 or 15. It's your vacation. So think about what you want to do. Well, and I think all of that is the precursor to planning, right? You can't you can't plan unless you have an idea of what it is you're looking for. It's almost like getting into a car and just trying to drive aimlessly and ending up in Albuquerque. Like, that's just not how it works. So you have to have an idea that you want to go to Albuquerque first and then plan how to get there. So... Talk to us about planning. This this is literally what you do for a living is you plan people's vacations, you know, and very expertly. That is, that is where we start. You need to plan. You need to know what are you thinking? We're going to guide you, but you need to have ideas. And again, realistic ideas. I tell people all the time, I can plan anything 
as long as you're up front with me. I don't know. I know Disney. I don't know your family. Right. So when I say to you, you know, what time is realistic for you to get out the door? And I that's normally how I'll word it to people. And sometimes I get an actual answer like eight o'clock, we're good. But I often get the answer of, oh, we're good early. And I'll say to them, oh, that's great. What does early mean to you? Does it mean like <laughs> seven or seven thirty? And they're like, oh no, nine or nine thirty. Right. Well, here's news flash for you. Nine or nine thirty isn't early in Disney, but definitely workable if I know that's what you're doing. Correct. Yeah. So a plan is important, but I always think of my nana and her favorite phrase to say was man plans and God laughs. Yeah, that's that's very true, especially when it comes to the weather, which we all know Central Florida is very well known for. That is true. And so I ask you to plan and have ideas, but be flexible. We've talked about before that some of the most magical moments happen when you're not planning for them. And so when we plan with clients, we plan for meals if you're doing a sit-down meal because you need a reservation we plan for what park are you going to and are you hopping in which park are you hopping to are you doing parades and fireworks we'll also help plan that first ride of the day for you if you're going at park opening all that is is spot on but again it goes back to your expectations right what is it you're looking for so like you said if you are somebody that wants all of those things, then that's what you need to do. There probably are some people that that don't necessarily want every minute planned out for them. You know, what, what kind of advice do you give to those people? Because it is always still good to have a plan. And, you know, there's very mixed opinions right now. Post-COVID, you have to have some amount of plan. Right. If nothing else, you have to have a theme park reservation for every day. Correct. If you're okay with no sit-down dining or joining a walk-up list or going to one of the more obscure places, then you don't need to reserve things in advance. But again, that's about your family. If seeing the fireworks is a key thing for you, that's part of a plan. And I use that as an example for people. If you want to ride Space Mountain barring anything unusual, it's going to be open all day long when you're there. So whether you go at 10 a.m. or noon or 4 p.m., it's still there. If you're not in the Magic Kingdom when the fireworks are at 9 p.m. at 9 p.m., you can't see them at 6 p.m., you can't see them at 10 p.m. So we encourage you to plan on things that only happen once a day or maybe even two or three times if you're over at Hollywood Studios or Animal Kingdom and trying to catch one of those stage shows. Those things need more planning than a ride that you can get on any time of the day. Well, and I have to imagine you're not just giving us this tidbit for the show. These are the conversations that you're having with clients. What, you know, to These find are out. the conversations we're having with clients. The other number one conversation that I have with people, because... No offense to my clients, but after I say this to them, they all say, you know, you're right. We get people all the time that will say to me, you know, I've looked at the crowd calendar and I think we should be in Animal Kingdom on Wednesday because it's the lowest crowd. Well, newsflash, 
if you figured that out, so did everybody else. We can all see the same crowd calendars when we Google. That's one of the things that drives me nuts is that is that yes. there's there's so much information out there from so many people, which is lovely. But it's also like the social media factor, right? The more information we have, suddenly everybody thinks that they know what's best. It's it's like the analogy of, well, I understand that plumbing flows through my house, so suddenly I can redo my whole plumbing. Like that's just it's just not really how it works. A little bit of knowledge can do a lot of damage. So just don't don't be tied to that information because what what's appropriate one day might not be the same information the next day. Exactly, because sometimes I say to people. You have to look at the bigger plan. You might have to do something by process of elimination. I was working with a client today who's got a pretty short trip in November. Um, there's only one night that they're there that isn't a Christmas party. So if fireworks are a priority to them and they're not buying party tickets, they need to be in Magic Kingdom the only day that it's open at fireworks time. Right. So that day was non-changeable for them regardless of what a crowd calendar says. I want to go back a little bit to what you, before we had even talked about planning for parks, because this is something that I know my family does constantly, is that we are looking at every flight imaginable when we go to plan a trip like this. And I'm talking, we're looking for flights that are leaving, in our case, New Jersey, the New Jersey area, as early as 5.30 in the morning, and we're pricing that out versus the flights that are leaving at noon or leaving at 4 or leaving at 8 o'clock at night. You know, sometimes there's pulling either me or my children out of school. So, like, there's just a, there, there's a lot to consider when you're traveling by air, especially. You know, what time are you going to get there? If you get there early, is it reasonable to do a theme park in the day that you arrive? Is it reasonable to do a theme park on the day that you're leaving? Like, those are part of the plans, too, that I'm sure you answer those questions. Do I have enough time to do a park if my flight is X? And we answer that all the time, <laughs> but if you work with us, you'll find that we often answer questions with questions because, right. again, right. everybody's not the same. And I'll pick my family as an example. There is something about an airplane seat that signals to my body it is nap time. <laughs> I can be asleep before we leave the gate. Me too. My daughter, <laughs> however, does not ever sleep on a plane. So that's why she can't travel with me all the time because I'm all for napping on the plane. So if you're taking a 6 a.m. flight, it means you probably got to the airport about 4.15. Maybe you left your house about 3.30. You got up at 3 o'clock in the morning. If you're all going to take an hour, hour and a half nap on the plane... That's going to be different than if you're a family that doesn't sleep on the plane, because right. I'm willing to bet you that if you get up at three o'clock in the morning, there is no way you're doing Magic Kingdom fireworks at nine o'clock at night. Not, and if you not are, unless you've taken a significant nap in the middle of the day. <laughs> correct. And if you do, then the next day is shot. Right. And again, that's something that we look at, too, especially if you're staying at a deluxe resort right now. There's two nights a week where they have extra evening hours just for deluxe resort guests. And I love those hours. And I love planning for clients to be in those hours if their kids are old enough to be awake from 9 to 11, 10 to 12 at night, because it's a great time to get on rides with really short lines. However, if you're getting on your last ride at midnight, 
you might not get back to your room till 1.30 in the morning. Again, we look at planning not only day by day, but how does that day fit in? If you're getting back at 1.30 in the morning, I don't encourage you to do park opening somewhere the next day where you're leaving your room at 7 a.m. You're probably not going to make it. Well, and all of this, we haven't even discussed the concept of Genie or Genie Plus. This and is preliminary Genie and Genie planning. Plus are so big that we have multiple podcasts on them. Right, right. If you're a client of ours, they are so overwhelming, quite frankly. Disney made the system way more complex than I think your vacation should be. That we do a webinar because we find that in 10 minutes with visuals, everybody gets it. And then we send you a cheat sheet to use on your vacation to know what order to reserve your Genie Plus items. This is just, I want to go to Disney. How do I figure out the big things? Right. One of the big things, and especially, you know, throughout the last 20-something years of our country's history, is security. And people are always wondering... What can I bring with me? What can I not bring with me? We talked about flights. Obviously, there are things you can and cannot bring on a flight. What about a, a theme park? What about a Disney theme park? What can you bring into the park and what can't you bring into the park? Well, we're going to go with from a security standpoint. You all know what you can't bring. I'm not going to list all the things that you shouldn't bring. Correct. But the big thing is you can bring pretty much anything you want underneath the stroller in a backpack in your purse as long as it's not glass. Or alcohol. So if you want to bring bottled water, if you want to bring snacks, if you want to bring glow sticks, if you want to bring Mr. Fans, if you want to bring peanut butter sandwiches, have at it. Yeah, and the reality is you just have the expectation that, you know, there is there is security that will check your bag, that may look through your bag, may feel to see if what you say there is there. Like those, those things, and they're subject to change. The procedures have definitely changed throughout the COVID process that we've gone through, but just be aware that somebody may say, can you please open your bag so I can take a look through it? It's not to be invasive. It's it's for safety. And I have to say, that's the hardest thing. And one of the things that I love about our podcast, as you said, Disney is always changing. So we get a lot of clients that call us and say, I heard this, or I heard that you're right. It was something, but it was something three years ago or eight years ago or 10 years ago. One of the things Disney did in the last year that I love is they upgraded their security. And so you no longer have to have somebody go through your bag all of the time. You now walk through a scanner and unless your bag sets off the alarm, you're good to go. So generally it's less invasive though. Again, they're looking for your safety, but it also speeds up the time to get into the park and they give you hints. Things like umbrellas, big spare battery packs. You just have to hold them out of your bag or they tend to set it off. We bring food. We do. We bring food and snacks for the kids. We bring our water. Those types of things are things that we do bring. So you're not going to look like the only person you know, in the world that's bringing a peanut butter sandwich, as Sandy said, into, into Epcot. Like that is a thing. So just don't be, don't be afraid to do what is right for your traveling party. You might not want to spend $200 on food inside the park and you're perfectly fine with Uncrustables. People are doing that constantly. And some of it also is about food allergies, food preference, timing. Again, I've said it on other episodes when my daughter was younger I'm bored and I'm hungry were synonymous. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Yeah. 
hundred percent. So any line that was more than 10 minutes long, she told me she was hungry. So again, if you can have a little snack, that's great because you don't want to fight over it. You don't want her whining. You don't want to send one parent running for something. The only thing I will say, and this kind of feeds right into our next thing, no pun intended, please be careful what you leave in your stroller. Do not leave a stroller with a very attractive bag where the bag might be several hundred dollars and worth something. Don't leave your camera and your car keys and things like that inside of your bag. Well, and, and that does lead us to the next thing. And and I've had friends ask me this question when their kids are, you know, at a certain age that maybe they're not typically riding in a stroller. At what age are we are we bringing strollers? Do we need strollers? Or is it something that a family needs? And I know your answer is going to be it depends upon your family. I know that that's the answer, Sandy. I know that. But- it, it is, but I will say this is a marathon. Your children need a stroller in Disney way later than they need it in the rest of their life. 100%. Couldn't agree more. And this is another example of things that Disney has changed. If we were doing this show five years ago, I would tell you not to bring your stroller from home. We work with some great off-site companies that drop the stroller at your hotel for you, and it's just super convenient. Well, Disney changed that policy a couple of years ago, and now there's only one stroller company that's allowed to drop strollers. The others all require what we call a meet and greet. I don't want to have to meet somebody when I get there to get my stroller and meet them to return it. And the one company isn't always available or doesn't have the style of stroller that you like. So you've got three options. Bring your stroller from home. Again, if you're like me and your baby is an infant and you've got that $700 Peg Perego stroller, leave it home. (laughs) This is not the spot for your $700 stroller. You've got a sit and stand for your two kids. You might want to bring it. I know it seems big. You'll appreciate it in the airport at both ends. Or if your kids are a little bit on the older side and you're questioning whether you need it, you can rent a stroller from Disney I will say one of the reasons that I don't like renting them from Disney is you can only rent them at the theme parks. And the time that I always wanted the stroller the most was the end of the day. Mm -hmm. I still have the backpack. Maybe I've got sweatshirts. I've got this sleeping child. And from the end of fireworks out to the bus or the monorail, and then from the transportation to my room, I want to cry without that stroller. So that is an option to rent them from Disney. Just know that you won't have it for those times. The other option is actually one of my favorites. Disney came out with this brand of individual umbrella strollers, but they do have a small basket on the bottom. There is a Mickey version and a mini version. They retail for about $30. You can buy them in a gift shop in any resort and in any theme park and in Disney Springs. Treat yourself to a new stroller for the $30. And then if you don't want to bring it home, go into your resort lobby your last day and make magic and offer it to somebody with a child who doesn't have a stroller. The last thing we've got here today is budget. And I I, I say that a little bit tongue in cheek because it could be an entire show on itself. But let's distill it as, as succinctly as possible here when it comes to your tips as far as you know, going to Disney and having a budget? 
My biggest tip is whatever your budget is, please don't spend it all in advance. Why? Because you want to leave money for that Dole Whip, if you're Jeff. Yes. That ice cream cone that looks like, hey, hey, that's $7 and isn't $7 a little ridiculous for an ice cream cone. No. The bubble <laughs> wand that's 20 bucks that your child's going to play with for an hour and maybe an hour when you get home. I get it. It may not be the best value, but it's the most magic. It's the thing they want. It's the thing that doesn't bring tears. It's vacation. It's time to do some of those extras. It's time to get the popcorn bucket. Um, my nephew, I don't know if he's listening, but I'm going to out him now. He has an alien popcorn bucket that he got when we went about a year and a half ago. And I am told that he will only eat popcorn at home out of his <laughs> alien popcorn bucket. Those things, so, those things matter. They do. They matter. And you bring them home and, and, you know, they have memories that are tied to those specific objects. And so for, for 10 or $12, you've got something that you've taken home that every time your, your child looks at it, they think of a good time that it matters. It, it really does. And I will also say, look on the, my Disney experience app. You can go into the app and place an order for quick service food, AKA fast food. You can get all the way through, except don't put in your credit card and check out to see what a fast food lunch or dinner would cost you. It's going to be more than you think. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Burger King and McDonald's at home now are more than you think. So leave that money in your budget, even if it means downgrading your resort to do it. Sometimes I say to people, you're better off with one less day at Disney, whether it's one less park day, one less night in the resort not to spend all of your budget because feeling like you're watching every penny while you're there definitely takes away from the magic. Well, we're coming to the end of the show. Is there anything you want to leave folks with as far as our top tips for traveling to Walt Disney World? One of the top questions that I see asked all the time is what are the most comfortable shoes to wear when you go to Disney? And if you know me or you follow us on social media, you will know that I live in Crocs flip-flops. <laughs> I have hiked Machu Picchu in them. I have toured Europe in them. I certainly do Walt Disney World and Disneyland in them. Why? I have foot issues. They are the only thing that works for me. Croc flip-flops are not going to work for everybody. And Crocs, you know, feel free to send me some extras. This is not an endorsement. No, not at um, all. Of course not. Shoes that work for somebody else are not the answer for you. Whatever you are most comfortable in is the answer for you. And please do not buy new shoes for vacation. <laughs> that is definitely not the thing to do. You do not want new shoes on vacation. Make sure everybody in the family has shoes that they've had an opportunity to break in more than 10 minutes walking around the house the night before while you're packing. Well, Sandy, thank you for taking the time tonight to share your expertise. You are the Disney master. This is, like I said, a show we could do every week and just give a different tip every week. But I think the top tips will give people a nice head start. And I assure you, even though it wasn't a plug for Crocs, this is a plug for Easy Diz by Innocent Impressions Travel Services contact a travel specialist. That's the number one top tip I can give you because if you have questions, 
you're going to get answers. You're going to get more questions too, but I promise you're going to get answers. So thanks for taking the time, Sandy, and have a great week. You too. And that's a wrap this week on Let's Talk Diz. If anyone you know could benefit from this or any show, please share on your Facebook and Instagram for other Disney fans to enjoy. And don't forget to reach out to the folks at Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services for any Disney destination planning. Make it a great week. And as always, keep making memories.